0: Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Today, our honored guest is Ilka Demir. She's a senior research scientist, and she specializes in AI. She's here to bust some myths about what AI is, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about the dangers of it. And uh, today, we really want to focus in on the good that it can do, and to learn more about it. Welcome to the show
1: hello I am Ike um thanks for hosting me in the podcast and um uh, yeah I'm a senior senior staff research scientist at Intel working on AI from different perspectives in 3D world 2D world in different uh angles that that are related with humans that are related with um buildings from sunlight images or any domain that you can think of I probably worked in that <laughs>
0: interesting yeah i think that we have a very limited understanding of what ai means and i think the media has deflected it in ways that are you know disconcerting at best you know they're not really uh the best sorry but i just realized my microphone is very far away from me so i think you'll be able to hear me a lot better now <laughs>
1: absolutely
0: (laughs) that was a huge uh, faux pas but you know that's the way it goes sometimes um so tell us a little bit about like how you got into this you know because I I think usually data scientists are not always women right I think there are more men than women that usually do it is that right yeah uh,
1: absolutely so um even when I was a small kid we were like um doing these surgeries on electronic things with my dad so we were like opening the telephone or opening the radio looking what is inside like all the circuits etc and after that i was really interested in things that are like with circuits and electric electronics, etc. And during my high school years, I was like very good at math. I I won, I knew I wanted to work in something related. And um a- actually I was selected as one of the representatives for our high school to go into math olympiads. But in math olympiads they actually ask computer science questions too. So our senior um um uh, colleagues are actually um we're ready to make us like learn programming. So, um, as opposed to many of the other other um, children or other teens in Turkey that are learning um, programming or. Pro, um, like C, C++ programming languages in university, I learned them in high school. That was like a super nice thing that, that was like a, a very good opportunity for me. And after that, I fell in love, in compu- uh, in love with computing, with computer science, and I went to the best university in Turkey to study that. And when I was in computer science department, like there were all those different labs, like AI labs, robotics labs, etc. But I did one of my internships in a robotic lab, which had robots going around, like looking at things, trying to understand things, like how we look at something and say that, okay, this is like coffee. They are trying to understand that. And I really loved helping those robots. I really loved the algorithms behind that. So I was like, okay, I will work in AI, I will work in 3D vision, I will work in vision or 3D vision. So I applied to many different phd programs to do that and uh <laughs> yes um and i came to us for my phd uh and my advisor um uh, uh daniel Aliaga, was like very good at um um appearance editing and robotics and like all other like vision things and in very in a very different mindset that he was looking at problems that are really um not traditional problems. So like I selected him and said like, okay, I'm going to Purdue, I will do my PhD there and uh, I will be the, the best expert in AI. <laughs> wow, that's really
0: exciting. <laughs> and so like in its very simple form, AI is an algorithm that collects data and then responds based on the data that it's, it's collecting. I mean, is that a really simple way to understand what artificial intelligence
1: represents? So artificial intelligence is something really big. There are uh, many different subdomains in it. So machine learning is one of that. Deep learning is another one. Computer vision is another one. and All these domains are trying to mimic some some part of intelligence. So as you just said, most of the learning algorithms are looking at the distribution of data and trying to model something from that distribution of data. if you um show the ai model that if you if you say that okay like if you show um all the people all people that the ai model sees are uh, blue eyed then of course the ai model will assume that all humans have blue eyes so it's basically trying to fit a model to the data instead of sampling the data so when I ask for um, one shade of blue it uh, it may it uh, one shade of blue eye it doesn't need to be exactly in the data set but it should be uh, confirmed. Um, Um, confirming to the model that it learned from that data.
0: So it's interesting. So you're saying that you give it a a framework or a model, you said, and then the data will fit that model. It's interesting as opposed to gathering data and then creating a model from the data. So it's a very different approach, isn't it? I mean, so I think we all can can understand that like just the way we perceive the world and how we function is based on imprints or data, data points that have happened throughout our lives that give us a certain reaction. You know, like maybe somebody got a car accident. So every time they go to a a red light, they get a little bit frightened, right? Because their data points add up to trauma at that red light. Whereas other people have no meaning. It just light means red and the red light means stop and you stop and it's like no big deal. So it sounds like um, AI is also creating meaning in a way. Is that accurate or is that not accurate?
1: Um it is accurate. Um, it is not trying to decipher a meaning behind something, it is just trying to generalize all those experiences, all those observations into a model that can uh, behave the same given the same conditions. So um if if all the observations in the training set is stopping at red light, AI will stop at red light. But if there is like one or two that are passing in red light, which is somehow in the data set, then AI say that hmm, which very, very low probability I can actually pass in red light.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So there's like no, none of this human, um, you know, indifference or ambivalence or uncertainty, like, you know, that it's like a machine, like you're saying it's, it does what it's supposed to do. Although, um, I think, I think some of the fear around it is that, you know, that they'll, they'll be this kind of takeover, AI will take over, um, and in some ways it's better if AI takes over and a lot of people listening might disagree with me. And in some ways it could be, it could be dangerous. So what do you see are some of the positive implications of the applications of AI in our daily lives moving forward? Cause we can't avoid it. It's here. And it's only going to get more and, you know, bigger and bigger and deeper and deeper.
1: Exactly. So I, um, <laughs> I don't want to sound like, um, uh um pessimistic thing, but I wish AI takes over somehow. Now I don't want to wish AI to take over, but I wish we can advance it so much that there is that possibility. Yeah. Currently it's not. Uh, there are like some um uh, learning mechanisms that are trying to uh co-learn with other uh deep learning approaches or like teach other deep learning approaches, but AI taking over is such a like uh dystopian scenario that is like so far. So um at least if people are like um um afraid of that, they can take a reassurance that that will not happen in in uh close future at least. Um and in addition, I really hope that we advance it as like is um as fast as we are doing right now that we can use it for all the benefits of ai so um you know like the currently there are many uh large uh, conversational systems that are um, behaving much better than uh, existing, like uh, traditional conversation system, conversational systems, like for translation, for virtual assistants, for um, text-to-speech or audio um, uh, text-speech audio relations. So all of these are really advancing now. Another um, advancement in AI that I'm really interested in is in 3D. So you know like everyone is talking about metaverse right like it is coming it is here we are there etc all the content that is going to metaverse um are 3d and people cannot like model everything in 3d you know like i can maybe model a house like i can maybe model your coffee mug but not tailored <laughs> not tailored to every little individual in a way so we need those ai systems to understand And model 3d worlds that we are living so we can either mimic our actual habitats in 3d in metaverse or we can make very new ones like if you want to walk in an elvish forest (laughs) we want that ai to be able to create the content for that that's
0: so interesting yeah i'm so disconnected from virtual reality but i know that virtual reality is a very very real thing especially for Younger generations, you know, who are more connected to the gaming world, and um, I'm so totally disconnected from that because I'm so interested in like the the world outside, like the trees and the mountains and and the the things. But I love how the imagination can grow, you know, in terms of of what happens in Elven's Forest, you know, and and how you can expand your your horizons and expand your your mind really in in going to these different areas. And I wonder though. For some of these younger generations, like how this threshold between what's real and tangible, like in this third dimension, mm-hmm. the things that they can hold, you know, um, versus the virtual reality. Like, I, I think the membrane is getting uh, less and less. I meet people sometimes and I, their, their connection to reality is 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 different than mine because of, they're so deep in their virtual reality. I'm not saying that's good or bad. It's just that there are implications to how our world is shaped in the future. I don't know if you have any input or insight into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um so our um so if you think the human as a machine, even our input-output relations are changing because our world is becoming more. Digital than physical. Yeah. and here we are used to use our fingers for the keyboard or like mouse, etc. In virtual world, we won't at some point we won't even need that. Like there are so many gesture um uh, recognition algorithms that instead of like using a keyboard, you you uh, you do some gestures and it is done. Or instead of using the mouse, you are using your eyes. Can you click with your eyes like, wow, like this, right? So like all of our relations and how we interact how we represent ourselves is really shifting when we go to the metaverse and I think at some point um in the beginning I think this was like the considered as a downside of that uh because um like it's it's hard to change the habits of humans but the more naturally the more uh, those interactions become are becoming natural in vr world like i can just like i don't know like wave and uh, my avatar is waving so it's like hi like it's so so naturally mimicking the real world um so the more those interactions are developing and that's also thanks to ai because all those like um like um hand, uh, the gestures, the face constructions, the avatars, all of them are thanks to AI too. Um, so because of that, I think it's getting a little bit more easier to go and adjust into the VR world um, as how you are living in the um, real world. And that's 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 putting the boundaries even even more as you just yeah it's so interesting yeah for those of you who are listening um i
0: know that we are a health podcast right this is you know you're (laughs) a health enthusiast and that's why you're listening to this but we have to also i think be aware of what's happening as health intersects with ai And I've been involved in a lot of different concepts over the years with the integration of AI and human behavior and how we can initiate change in our our daily lives through the use of AI. And AI, if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I'm wrong, can be intuitive. It can predict, for example, different outcomes. And I'm speaking about specific outcomes regarding behavior. So like, for example, um, and you already kind of seen it. Like if I go to bed at nine p m and I wake up at five a m, there's going to be a certain biomarker that can be measured now through different devices of like where you are in your beta theta state and how, you know what what deep sleep you actually received mm-hmm. during that time period. And then knowing that is conditioning your nervous system. And then of course, informing your ability to maintain your inflammatory rates, your mood stabilization, the things that are driving your appetite and so on and so forth. And then also measuring your productivity. And so I'm really excited potentially about the application and intersection of AI and health with the integration of biomarkers to drive more positive human behavior to get better health outcomes, to reverse diabetes, to reverse cardiovascular disease, to lose weight, to gain vitality, et cetera, et cetera. So I'd love to hear any insight that you can provide in where things are going in AI and the health world.
1: Um, so one of the largest domains that AI is interested in is humans, of course, and humans are um mostly reliable <laughs> we are not like um uh, I mean um in terms of like biomarkers and in terms of like um, um um how we behave um there are certain ranges we don't like go crazy in like as, as a chaotic state so it is mostly a learnable process about what we are doing how we are behaving um and um, even though our consciously we may like try to break those loops sometimes it is still within our human capabilities about how we are breaking that so ai also can learn those human capabilities and our extremes and how we are or even why we are going to those extremes and like trying to make a model Uh, either like if we are looking at like high level problems, do a generalized model that can work for everyone or do individualized models that can work for um, only the behavior of one individual person. Uh, So it's like one model per person. Um, And from those models we can learn, we can, as I said, like mimic, or we can even try to predict that, okay, you have uh, whenever, I don't know, I don't have much um, health knowledge, but I will just give a simple example that If you have been um, sleeping uh, around 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day um, uh, on the fifth day, you are actually, you want to, you tend to stay a little bit longer, for example. Um, Those those inferences AI can try to do. Now, we can even reverse that question. um, Instead of how AI can help in health domain, we can ask how health domain is inspiring AI. So that's a um that's an interesting question that we have some work on. Um so um do you know deep fakes? I do not know. So deep fakes are those fake videos around where the actor or the action of the actor is not real.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they were
1: called deepfakes, but yeah, I'm going yes. on. <laughs> yeah. So like you, you probably see, you have probably seen like Obama or Trump or someone, um, like saying really bad stuff, but it's not really them. But they are actually very believable fake videos. So, um, most of AI researchers are trying to understand, um, try to build AI approaches to detect deepfakes. Why are they fake? How can we find that they are fakes, etc. Um, and they are looking at the artifacts, um, either like boundary artifacts or like symmetry artifacts um, and things like that. Um, we we changed that question. We asked what we can learn from humans. What, what makes us human? Is there any watermark of being human? And we actually found the answer in the health domain. So the answer comes from your blood. Um, when the heart pumps blood it goes to your veins and the veins change color and that color change is called probably you know etismography PPG for short so we take those PPG cells from many different places on the face and we create PPG maps from their correlations and we train a dip- network on top of that PPG Maps and thanks to that we can find defects uh we can Separate deep fakes from real videos with ninety six percent accuracy, which is like a super clean approach, like a, a, as opposed to all those like blind approaches trying to decipher just by looking at data.
0: Fascinating, so interesting, and so um the I mean I don't know Intel or you know who is who is who is yes you can learn a lot from humans. Um, and can can we architect AI to drive human behavior ultimately inside of different applications, um, knowing that different outcomes might be possible. Do you
1: know? Um if you can model something and if you know the causation of something, then you can try to recreate that cause so that people can behave accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um not yeah. even not even in um, I would not say this is really AI, but this is a very clever approach. So I will just like um, give that as an example. So in VR headsets, um, when you are telling a 3D movie, for example, normally in 2D movies, we know we need to look at the screen. Screen is here, movie is here, like actors are here, etc. In 3D movies, the actor may be here and I may be looking like in this area because something just like got my attention, right? Um, so um, the researchers and the production companies got a very cl- very uh, clever approach about sound cues. So if they give sound cues from the place that the actors are really are, right, have to like turn there so that they can actually like mimic that, uh, like um, um, derive that be- behavior. Interesting. You know, it's
0: when you started talking about VR and health and AI, One of the things that I've noticed with some of the, with myself and also with many of my clients is um, the weight loss. When you have a weight loss issue and you have a lot of weight to lose and you never really either remember or can feel what it's like to be in a slimmer body. I mean, that would be a huge, huge help to women and men to like able just to put their shoes on or what it would feel like to get in and out of the car or what it would feel like to put a pair of jeans on or to bend over, Um, you know, like to not sit down and have like rolls on your belly. Like that isn't possible to imagine if you've been overweight for a very long time. And so I just thought that um, wouldn't it be amazing if we could help people feel that through an experience with VR, but it sounds like we've got some senses, right? Sound, sight, but maybe not touch? I don't know. Are you, are we there yet with it or not? Um,
1: Yeah, actually, there are like full body suits that uh, you can just wear. It's it's like a surfer suit, like body suit, like you wear, and there are haptic devices in it. So they can actually stimulate those uh, responses, whatever the response uh, you are getting from the real world, so that you can actually Uh, mimic touch sense too, yes. So interesting. So you are really busy with
0: machines and intellect and learning all day and teaching machines what to do. (laughs) And I'm sure you work with humans as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, how do you maintain your own health and vitality?
1: Oh, uh, I love the question. Um, I dance. So (laughs) (laughs) I have been dancing for 15 years and I have been teaching for 10 years um and um i i, I, I am uh, i have given like salsa bachata classes regularly and currently i'm also teaching in la if you want to join us any day okay. um
0: <laughs> so
1: um i also had like my own performance team and i choreographed for uh different uh teams so it's like it's 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 my recharge it's how I keep everything because you know as a computer scientist I am in front of the computer all day every day and now that like we are working remotely like this is my office and I don't see people that much like my colleagues are also behind the screen like you and in dancing that is completely reverse yeah you are are moving a lot you are with people a lot. You are completely emptying your mind and like trying to focus the music, focus on the lead and just like just dance. And that is like the complete opposite of what I'm doing at work. So I love it. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. I love the dance too. Uh, I don't know how to do salsa, but I do like unstructured dance, but uh, that's so fun. The p- da- pandemic must have been challenging because dance was not possible during during the pandemic, Shut, you know, lockdowns.
1: Exactly, very yeah. uncomfortable
0: yeah because when we I think it's really important to to note also for our listeners um, that when you're doing a lot of stuff with your mind all day uh, that it's really important to balance it out with some kind of physical movement we have to you know go from the mind into the body or we just kind of it's just not it's unsettling I don't know what the best way to describe it but it's unsettling we have to have that balance to have you know real quality peaceful sleep and joy I think that's been my experience at least
1: exactly like um, I know that when I don't dance for a couple of days, um, the next day I am less productive, I am slower, I feel slower, like my heart is being slow, beating slower. So <laughs> that's really sweet. So well, any last words of wisdom you'd like to leave our
0: listeners today regarding, you know, you, AI, them, the world as we see it?
1: Um Well, uh, don't believe everything you read about AI. AI is just um, a collection of algorithms. And yes, they are very advanced, but they are not bringing doom. Um, And don't believe the defects you see around. Um, If you want defect detection algorithms, defect detection systems, they are out there. You can use them and like they verify if the information that you see is real or not. And dance your soul out whenever you feel stressed. I think that's like my last word. <laughs> I love it. That's so
0: beautiful. Thank you so much for being with us. If people want to find out more um, information or contact you, uh, should they go to your website or what do you recommend?
1: Yes, they can get, go to my website, uh, i-l-k-e-d-e-m-i-r.github.io. Um, they, if they are not interested in the AI side, but they just, uh, they are interested in the dance side, (laughs) um, they can find me on Instagram as salsa like, no spaces, no, uh, underscores salsa like, um, so yeah, they can reach me from there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcastjennifer com backslash podcast-guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag #VitalityWomenLeadingAudaciously. Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose purposeful ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives relationships businesses and health please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me joining my private facebook group or one of my programs this is jennifer helene and thanks for spending your precious time with me